Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand and let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alert! Alert! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raging Review Podcast. Track the pack, Sunday afternoon wrap-up. Nick and Josh with you today. Jerry is busy. Didn't get the full story, but I'm sure we'll find out later. So welcome into the show. Glad everybody could be here. Thanks for joining in the Twitter space and YouTube land. Let's see, Facebook checking in, Twitch is on. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We love doing these shows, love talking baseball. Uh, especially a lot easier to do it after a win, Nick. How'd you feel about watching the team play and bounce back on a Sunday afternoon? Look, it was it was encouraging. D- uh, overall, a disappointing week. Uh, I would have been happy with two and two after the way we performed at McNeese. Uh, but but uh, a good way to respond today, and we'll get into the the nitty gritty in a little bit. But there were some things I was I was very encouraged by today and overall this weekend. Um, so we'll get into that. But but again, disappointed but happy the way today turned out. Campbell is a damn good team. I will put them up against any team that is ranked in the country right now. I think they go to play LSU, and that's a toss-up. Who wins that series? And LSU is ranked number one in the in the country right now. So uh, no shame in getting beat this weekend, but L's are for learning, as Robe always said. So take take what happened this weekend and and use it to your advantage the rest of the season. What a good baseball team. Uh, I've made the comment several times that their offense reminded me of our 2013 and 2014 team where you never knew what was coming with that offense. It was small ball. It was moving runners. It was every out was loud. Nothing was easy with this offense. They always had runners in motion. Something was always going on. And it was evident that they were going to put pressure on us from the jump. And I thought the entire weekend, with with exception of the first inning today uh, on Sunday, the entire weekend – the defense and the pitchers were on their heels because it was just a constant bombardment from Campbell at the plate. They were super good. And then look at, they throw out the All-American Keeler on Friday, who, you know, we got to him a little bit early. Uh, I think that the environment probably had something to do with it. But overall, I think I think he ended up with 10 or 12 strikeouts of Friday. And, and we'll get more into it and we'll look at the stats in a few minutes. But just wanted to say, you know, they, they throw the All-American at you, then they bring in the guy who's touching 97 and throwing a, a humongous slider. Uh, very effective against our hitters. We look we look helpless for an inning or two right there against Cummings. Uh, and then Saturday they come out and they uh, we talked about Tequila. He looked good. Uh, we had our chances. I thought that we just you know there was just a play here and a play there, uh, and that's a totally different ball game. Uh, but we still put pressure late in that game uh, to to keep ourselves in there and really give us a chance to win. And then today, obviously, we we just came out firing in all cylinders, but. Their defense was good. Their pitching staff was good. They got about five guys that could pitch anywhere in the country. And then, again, the offense was a game changer. Uh, what did you see out of the pitching staff and defense? 
Yeah, I think I think they need to get a reliable Sunday starter. I don't I, I don't think they've settled on that. Um, I know the guy today has struggled this season, and and today was no different. He obviously um, didn't perform well, but look, they came back and they made a game of it, and it's like the movie. What was it? Casino. I think I, I don't know. Maybe Jerry made this comment earlier in the season about something, but it, it's like the 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 guy Nikki. There was that quote where he says. You know, you come with him at come at him with fists. He'll come with a knife. You come with him with a gun. He'll come with you, you know, with something else. And and that's what they felt like. It's like every time you thought, okay, we're getting ahead. They just came right back and said, not so fast, you know. Um, And and I thought, look, again, I, I they are going to be there. There's no way to me that they don't win this conference this year. I expect them to be in a regional and I expect them to make noise this year. And again, that will only benefit us in the long run because jury's still out on Rice, jury's still out on BYU. This was a for sure thing. We knew they were good coming in, and we competed. And look, we weren't we weren't blown out by by them by any means this weekend. We were a couple of plays away, and defensively didn't perform up to our standards a couple of times, which really cost us right a game or two this, this weekend Friday. It was weird because defense kept us in the game, right? I made the comment to uh, to Jerry and BJ many times that defense kept us in the game. We really were lucky to be in the spot. We were the spot we were, and then we made the two errors to, to put ourselves behind the eight ball. So it was, a, that was a weird thing. We played great defense at times, but then we made some key, key mistakes to your point. Yeah, it was a little bizarre, but again, we were still in the game at the end. And to me, that's a sign of a good team. Even though things aren't going your way, we did it against McNeese. We did it against Campbell this weekend. At the end, we were putting pressure, and and we were in a position to win. I know you're probably going to bring up why are we taking the bat out of somebody's hands, uh, you know. But we're, we'll get to that later. But again, I thought I thought we competed at the end of the ball game, which tells me they never had any doubt that they could pull this off, even though they didn't perform well for a couple of innings. Um, so again, some encouraging things, some things we have to clean up. But it's going to, I think, help us in the long run this season. One thing I loved about Saturday was, it, you know, it started kind of slow, and then the the run started coming, and it felt like a heavyweight bout. It was a run here, two runs here, three runs here, a run here. Each team continued to respond throughout that entire game, uh, and then they got the big blow late. Uh, I think it was the seventh or eighth inning on Saturday that that gave them the separation they needed, but. That that entire game felt like back and forth. It felt like two really good teams. And I kind of felt like the Cajuns started to believe in themselves a little bit more, if that makes any sense. Maybe uh, maybe it was the fact that we got in their bullpen. I don't know what it was. I thought that they left their, their reliever that went like four innings. I was surprised that they let him go uh, later on in that game because it looked like he was tiring out. But look, credit to him. He was still throwing 93-94, staying there, and he got the big outs that he needed. I was surprised by the by the move to let to let him stay in, but... That, that really stood out to me this weekend was the the nature, the feeling of it. The Teague was buzzing. You know, you you knew you knew you were you were head to head with a very good baseball team. And and kind of going back to what you said about how good they are, they're definitely a postseason team. I think they're gonna win the big south. Mercer is not as good as they have been lately. They're still good. They're they're a, a potential uh regional team, but I still think that camel the camels are head and shoulders above anybody else in that conference. For my money, that's the best team that I've seen in the Teague. Hell, man, I don't know when's the last time we saw a team that good come in and play. TCU, maybe? But I think that team's better than TCU was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm TCU in 21, I'm talking about. No, no, that was last year. That was TCU last year. Came. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they're better than TCU. They have all, they have like 12 guys that can hit. They have guys, they're athletic, they're big. 
They got power. They have everything you want in an offense. You know, like you said, the Sunday roll, that Sunday roll is going to be big for them going down the stretch. But really, if they can find somebody to just kind of plug and play um, on Sunday, then maybe not even find a starter. They can find like kind of what we do with Nizu and, and these other guys that are looking for a role, two or three innings here, two or three innings there. When they get that, they're going to be nasty. They might be a top 15 ball club, seriously. And I know people are going to hear that and be like, oh, that's a hot take. That's not a hot take. Why? I can't wait to see them get into some of the, the – uh, they have another – I'm going to look up their schedule here. They're about to play another big team that I'm going to be very interested to see how they how they uh, match up. Yeah, and, and their lineup. I mean, we're, they have really no holes in their lineup. Every guy is a threat. How many home runs did they hit against us this weekend? It felt I, like they hit two or three every game. I know. Every time, some every couple of innings, like some guy, guys hitting it out the park. And we're not talking like a blooper that the wind caught it. We're talking about line drives off the uh, scoreboard. So I don't know outside of a Sykes Orvis, <laughs> uh, you know, that <laughs> I've seen power up and down the lineup like they have it and consistently hitting the ball. They're they're not getting fooled. They're 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 smart at the plate, and they're crushing the ball. So again, it's gonna be tough. That they'll need to figure out Sunday pitching, midweek pitching, come up with their four starters for for regional tournament. But man, I don't want to face them as a host team. If if I'm hosting a, a regional, I don't want them in my in my regional <laughs> at all. I I want nothing to do with them. Hell, if they keep playing the way they are, they may be hosting a regional. You're right. You're right. Uh, they they have East. Uh, I know they already beat ECU uh, six to five in their last midweek game before they played Butler, but they play them again in the next. Uh, let's see, two weeks from now. But before that, they have Tulane twice in a midweek. Which, good lord, Tulane is just having a. They're on a struggle bus early in this year. So uh, that's that might have been the game I was thinking of. But then they go to App State for a weekend, and then they have Coastal Carolina in a midweek, and then they have Winthrop, which I don't know how good they are this year, but they they usually have a pretty respectable program. I think that. Their outs are hit hard. Everything they do is it's difficult. It's a difficult, difficult matchup. I was super impressed with the Camels. I thought their fan base was good. They were a classy bunch. They they got after it. They knew the game. They didn't they didn't do that like cheap petty trash talk that doesn't make any sense. They didn't scream every no time the ball bells. was hit in the air. No <laughs> cowbells. Um, I liked it. and they they gave us a lot of of praise on social media. So of course we always appreciate that. But they love the cooking club. Of course, anytime anybody comes to the Teak for the first time, the cooking club is like this magical, mythical thing. Uh, so I, I saw some of their fans talking about that. I look, they got a great coaching staff. I knew they were good. Nick, I, I didn't know they were that good. Seeing that team in person, uh, it was just a different experience. Yeah, I caught super good. I caught a couple games um, that were streamed, and and sadly enough, they didn't have radio. Um, with them this weekend I would have loved to have have sometimes I'll do that sometimes I'll watch our stream but I'll listen to the opposing uh, teams uh, radio broadcast for a couple innings just to see what they think of us their perspective here about what they think about Russo Park so I didn't get the chance to do that but they're one of those teams like a Southern Miss and I get that it traveling is a a little bit iffy and and it's going to be costly because of where they're located but they're like a Southern Miss team that I would love to play them every year rotating home and away. I think if if we want to be serious about our scheduling and this is easy and and it's a win-win for both teams, I think that's the way to go, but again, I know I understand you're trying to get teams to come here and and also cost prohibitive with having to to fly there uh for 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 games in the in the pre uh pre-conference, but I'd love to see them on our schedule every year or every couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, we can make some sort of a return, or not a return, we can make a long uh, road trip when we go to App State. Maybe we could stop off in Campbell. I like being associated with programs like that. They love their baseball. They're serious about it. They, they had a nice crowd. I mean, I, I would guess probably 100 people. Yeah, and I think they're going to the Colonial League next year, right? Aren't they switching conferences? I saw that. I read that they were switching, but I don't remember what the conference was. Yeah, Colonial's a good league, though. Before we get into the games, I want to give a shout out and kudos to Sam and John, Super John. Music was awesome this weekend. Uh, the the we have we have toned down the shattered glass, which of course I hate. But if we have to play it, and it's a sponsor thing, let's just. They used a, a, a car alarm. There was a car alarm and the shattered glass. And we, they used that interchangeably, so that worked. So shout out to those guys. Keep it up. Music's great. Everything's been good. I still think the speaker on the third base side is out. People are complaining about that. Also, John is my protege, by the way. I trained him nice. after I moved into the announcing role. So, yeah, I'm a little proud that, that my dude helped, helped get things back on track this season. It sounded good. Yes, they're crushing it. Uh, also, the stats, okay? This has become a hot topic. We'll touch it for a second. The stats are not on the scoreboard for our home team, so we don't know what the season stats are. Uh, the rumor is is that it's a Degs thing. Well, it's not even a rumor now. It's pretty much confirmed. Degs doesn't want the stats up on the uh, scoreboard. If, and from my point of view, is the stats are for us. It's not for the kids. It's, not, it's for us, the fans, to follow and, uh, you know, just, you know, it's, baseball's a stat game. It's built around stats. You should be able to look at, the stats while you're watching the game. We spent the money on the Dactronic board for a reason. We should use it. Um, some people feel like that's not a big deal. Some people think that we should pull our phones out in the middle of the game and scroll through the phone and not watch the game to get the stats. Some people think that. Some people that call the game. Um, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to continue to say this ridiculous. And look, this is no shot at the guys because I don't know if this is why it's not on there. But that's a red flag for me. If, we, if, if stats on the board or what keep us from hitting, that's a red flag. That should not distract anybody from anything. It's, it's lit up numbers on a scoreboard. You know? They know what their stats are, Nick. The, the, kid, the players know what the stats are. It doesn't matter if it's displayed to the crowd or not. This is one of those bizarre, weird things that only would happen here. It's, yeah. it's pissing I don't, me off. I don't know the backstory about it, um, and I'm not going to question why or, or, or any of that. I'm just going to say, if we want to be big time, we got to act big time. And if you got this beautiful scoreboard out there that's for stats and lineups and stuff, and you're not using it, everything and getting every bit of money and, or use out of the, the amount of money you put into it, then I think that's a disservice to the fans. And again, they want it. So I, I, I lean a little more towards you should have the freaking stats up on the scoreboard. Every other college does it. Major leagues do it. You know, minor, everybody does it. But again, I don't know the backstory, so I don't know if there's more to it and there's reasoning, but I just got to trust that they're making that decision for, for specific reasons I'm not privy to, I guess. That's a very nice um, neutral answer. <laughs> I think That's I think a Jerry answer right that's there. That's a Jerry answer. You know, shout out to Jerry. Uh, but BYU had their stats up and the Camels had their stats up. It's like, I don't know, to me it's Bush League. It, it just doesn't make sense. I think it's a ridiculous it's a ridiculous reason. Maybe the that maybe the reason that we've been given is not correct because it doesn't sound like something that Degs would we preach water hose drinkers and dirtbag baseball stats on a scoreboard. I don't know. Again, if you want to be big time, be big time. Don't, you know, try to be Bush League if if you've got the ability to do things and the the fans want it. And ultimately, right. I think that's at the end of the day, 
you built this beautiful stadium with this beautiful scoreboard and you're not using it to its full ability. That's a little disappointing. Same. And Joel said nobody should be on their phone during a game. And I agree. Why, why would I don't want to stare at my phone while watching baseball? I, anyway, let's uh, I know we didn't really talk about Campbell in the preview. I'm sorry, not Campbell McNeese in the preview. But we need to talk about McNeese because at the end of the day, it was a loss. It was a midweek. It was a kind of confusing performance. They started Caden Morrow, and I'll, I'll bring up the stats in just a second. We'll look at it. But uh, he was very effective against the Cajuns. And ultimately, we lose the game five to four. Now, we did fight back in the eighth and the ninth. I think it was Julian and Debo that hit two baseballs that almost got out of there to either tie or take the lead. So, you know, it's not like we went over there and just completely didn't compete. We did do that, uh, but you never want to lose to McNeese at anything, especially baseball, but they always seem to sneak up on us. And uh, Nick, I'll go ahead and share your thoughts on McNeese before I pull the stats up. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of wind, um, and, and it seemed like we were trying to hit it into the wind we were swinging big at every pitch and and we didn't need to <laughs> we didn't need home runs and look McNeese got it uh, and I guess we were I, I don't know we were just pressing we were, we were swinging over pitches we were swinging to to hit it out the ballpark we got close a couple times but again when you, just be aware of the situation if we need a base hit don't try to to hit for a, a triple like you, we need to score guys and um I know I'm rambling, but the, but the point is, I feel like we tried too hard. <laughs> and and again, credit tomorrow, he did a great job. Um, and look, McNeese uh, and and George Washington, I don't know, I I didn't even know they had a a baseball team, but they did sweep them this weekend. Uh, they beat Southern uh, ten to three, which Southern's not that great, I don't think, but they were giving South Alabama a little bit of a game of it today. I, I saw that. So, yeah, so. Uh, the jury's still out on them. Um, I think that's going to be one of those. I, I think two things early in the season, that McNeese game and losing two out of three to Campbell are going to be something that maybe we look back at the end of the season if we're a bubble team and Campbell's a bubble team, which I don't expect them to be. I think they're going to win the league. I think they'll, they're, they're a shoo-in. But let's say something happens and they're a bubble team, we're a bubble team. They take a look at schedules and they see they beat us two out of three and then we lost to McNeese and McNeese tanks the rest of the season, that could potentially be an issue. Now, if McNeese continues to win, they're on a five-game win streak, then maybe things work out in our favor at the end of the season. But I think it's a more important game. Those midweek games really are are more important than we give them credit for in the terms of at the end of the season, if we're a bubble team, that's where they're going to start looking. I agree. And again, we said it in the preview. McNeese was picked to win the Southland by a couple different publications, but I think D1 was the one that I, I read last. And uh, they obviously have talent. I mean, Morrow was good. He was really good. He only walked two guys. Uh, excuse me, that's the wrong one. Uh, he walked four guys. I think the final two ended up being his undoing, and they yanked him after that. But he had six six uh, strikeouts in six innings. And that's that's to me, that is a result of swinging for big flies. A guy like that, I mean, if I remember right, he didn't get above 91. His secondary pitch was very effective against our offense, which we say that so many times. Uh, it's I get sick and tired of, you know, it's like, God darn it. I love this offense. I love the way – I love the theory behind the offense. I love the chaos and all that stuff. But, you know, who was it? Eastern Illinois that came in and beat us in 2014, and you were like, what? How? How? Did, how? So, anyway, uh, like we said, Kyle almost hit one out to tie the game in the eighth. No, that was in the ninth. 
uh, Rock, uh, Brock, Julian Brock was the one who hit it to the wall at the base of the wall in the eighth that almost tied it. And other than that, I mean, scattered seven hits. CJ had a hit. Uh, Hoodie, of course, had a hit. Old reliable. I mean, is that guy shows up for work with his lunch pail ready to ready to rock and roll every time out. Every time he goes out to the ballpark, I just we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We thought Hood was going to have a breakout year. So far, so good. I think he's hitting like 450. He had another, I think he had six hits this weekend. Um, but JT had a hit against McNeese. Connor Higgs had a really good at bat late in that game, got a hit. Uh, but again, scattered seven. We did push some across late in the game. Of course, we scored two in the eighth and two in the ninth to come alive. With McNeese, I know it was just a run here and a run there, but it was death by a thousand cuts. They were stealing bases. Of course, uh, Moody, he walked four. I didn't think he pitched all that poorly. At least it didn't sound like it. I know I wasn't at the game, but it didn't sound like he pitched all that poorly. Again, six innings, three hits, four runs, four earned, and he had two walks, but both of those walks scored. You know, obviously that's always going to be a killer. And he threw 87 pitches. He was, I don't want to get ahead of myself. He pitched again this weekend, and we'll talk about that later. But we saw Nizu, who had a decent, uh, he gave up a hit in an inning, but he had three Ks. Uh, and then we also saw Jerry Couch, who, I don't, know a much, I don't know much about him. I know we've been seeing him a little bit more lately. And uh, then we also saw Landry Wilkerson, who, who pitched two and a third, had a K in that, in that uh, two and a third through 10 pitches. Held down the fort, gave the offense an opportunity until in the eighth when we made the errors. And eventually, that became the winning run. So our push was relevant to a degree, but you can't make errors in the eighth inning. And... For whatever reason, it seems like this might become it's becoming a trend with this team where we we're making these uncharacteristic errors and mistakes late in games. Uh, this won't show up on the stat sheet, but I think it was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Lee Lee Amade is in right field, and he doesn't charge a, a base hit, and uh, the Camels ended up scoring a run off of it. But he didn't charge a base hit. Uh, third base coach sends a guy around, and the the throw was nowhere near him because he never charged the ball. Then. Then he had, there was a ball that was hit in the right field, uh, foul, in foul territory in right field over by the Cajun Cooking Club. Could have been caught, should have been caught. He broke late. So I don't know if that is just a, it's, it's maybe just a, a result of not playing very much yet. And I know he's young. Maybe he's a little nervous. I don't know what the deal is. He had some fantastic at-bats. But I'm, I'm making the point to say that late in games, we got to be more fundamentally sound. And you've seen two of the last four games that we've played, late mental errors and late errors on the field kind of cost us would you see it mcneese no uh same i mean you you took the words out of my mouth we gotta get better defensively because it's uncharacteristic is correct um if we're going to be this chaotic offense we got to back it up with pitching and defense and pitching is still a work in progress and i get that that we have new players but if we're going to be switching players in and out of different positions um at different points in the season the guys we put in that maybe don't have as much in-game experience have to be on their a game every time they're in the ball game because day we know degs likes to, to to do chess match and, and move guys all around the field and you got guys today playing that weren't playing yesterday or even any game this season he's going to start guys he's going to bench guys for one reason or another those guys have to be ready to go and they have to be on their a game and they have to be focused so there was maybe like you said I will, uh, I'll give a little leeway. It's early in the season. He hasn't had that much um, experience in the field and he's, he's relatively new. So I know butterflies are, are a factor at this point, but we got to, at the end of ball games, be able to trust our defense. 
to hold up because we're going to get that teams. If, if you're winning by two runs, that team is going to be pressing at the plate and they're trying to do everything they can to score runs. So we got to shore that up. That's got to be something that we do um, sooner than later, because once we get into conference play, it's not going to be forgiving. We got a good conference this season. Oh yeah. And we'll get to that before we end the show conference. Uh, did some good things on the on the diamond this weekend. And Lee, by the way, love you, buddy. Had some fantastic at-bats this weekend. I'm not picking on you. Just These are things that, like like Nick said, if we're going to be good, and we know we are good, but if we're going to make some noise and we go into the postseason, those are the kind of small things that they may not show up on the stat sheet, but we got to get that fixed early in the season. Uh, so McNeese, you know, like Jerry, I mean, uh, like Nick mentioned, they're on a five-game winning streak, but I still think that they're a good team. Uh, we'll we'll see going forward. Uh, I don't know who they have this weekend. Maybe we can look at look that up later. But for McNeese on offense, they didn't really do much. They only had four hits in the entire game. They left six on base, so we really minimized their opportunities. It's just that when they got them, they scored. You know, a, a, a steal here, a, a bunt here, a, a timely single there. It's it's just it was one of those games. I, anytime you go to Lake Charles, you better have them strapped on tight because if you don't, you you are at risk for losing. And look, they have a chance to. I mean, we, we I know we host them uh, Wednesday. Yeah. We better beat them. If we don't, you know, then I'll be pissed. But regardless, let's say something happens and, and they beat us. I mean, they got a three-game series against Prairie View, A&M, then Mississippi Valley State, and then Yale for three games, all, at, all in Lake Charles. I mean, that's nine wins they should have easy. So they're going to pad their record, but I still don't know how good they truly are until they get start get start getting into conference. I mean, they play Houston later in the season. They got Nichols, Houston Christian. So we'll find out, I think, once they start getting in conference play. But their their schedule up until then is is relatively easy. The record-wise, it's going to be nice. And a win over us is going to be good for their RPI. Then once they get in the conference, the Southland's got some good teams. I know Southeastern's always going to be up there. But they're uh, going to take an RPI hit until then, because right now they're like oh, in the 140s. True. I bet Yale's not going to boost, boost the old uh, RPI numbers <laughs> and whoever else that they play in the midweek. But, yeah, anyway, like I said, not a ton of opportunities for McNeese. They scored. They beat us 5-4. Uh, you hate losing the midweek game in Lake Charles, but it happened. Um, but I did say this. You know, you can look at that as a positive. You know, going back to the whole thing about the scoreboard, if we're worried about the future and we're worried about stats, this is a very good time to be humbled. Early in the season, you know, you, we can tell on the field that we have a good team. Now it's a mental game. You got to improve and you got to improve without being cocky. And and I don't mean actual actually being cocky. I mean like, you know, you get that false sense of security, that false sense of uh, achievement when you really haven't done much yet. Can't do that. We got to get home if we're going to have humble pie, do it now. And McNeese served it up on uh this past week. So then we go into Friday and we match up against uh, a preseason All-American in Mr. Keeler and uh, he was as advertised. I think, like I said, I think the atmosphere kind of got to him a little bit. I don't know how often Camel plays and the Camels play in front of big crowds. Roar. I mean, Friday night was old time tea crowd, loud, drunk. <laughs> you know, it, it was just a good time. People were engaged. I told Jerry, I think I told you, it was buzzing. It, it just had that big event feel. It had that uh, regional feel. Felt like a regional. Everybody was kind of on every pitch, kind of on pins and needles. Like, I think that does something to players. We've asked our own players what it does for them, and, of course, they say it energizes them. So I can only imagine from Campbell's perspective how that went. Keeler, ridiculous. 
So I did. I thought he went seven. He went six. Five hits, two runs, two earned. He only walked one and struck out ten of our hitters. Uh, the <laughs> Ty Cummings comes in for three solid, gives up two hits, and has five five strikeouts in three in three innings. I mean, that guy, Ty Cummings. I'm glad we didn't see him again because he was absurd. Uh, but you know, it was a it was another one of those. I know you're good. You know I'm good. Let's feel each other out. And then Campbell comes out and just attacks, 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 attacks. Uh, I remember that somewhere in the mid-innings, uh, they had two on, no out, and it felt like Jake was starting to fade. Uh, they line one to Debo. He picks him off a of first base, totally changes the complexion of the inning. There was a play that Marshak made. Uh, ball, the, the ball hit his glove. He kind of fumbled it, turns around, fires the first. Big play. Uh, it really it's thwarted one of their threats. It almost felt like every single inning, we had to make a big-time defensive play, you know, whether it be Julian throwing somebody out at second or we had an outfield assist at home that was out. Like, almost every inning, there was something that we had to do in order to stop them from scoring on Friday. And then when you got a guy like Keeler going, you almost feel like every opportunity has to be cashed in. And, I, you know, we had a couple. We, we didn't do enough. Uh, we, we did get the two. Or we get the one in the first inning. We got one in the fourth. That inning in the fourth should have been bigger. Uh, then, I, you know, very few chances after that. You know, we only, I will say this, we left eight on, but it almost felt like there was no, there was no chances that didn't go uh, by the wayside. So I'll give him this. I'll get, I thought the guys battled. That guy was as advertised. His fastball, he sat 96. The scouting report said 93 to 97. He sat 96. Uh, the, the curveball was real. The changeup, I thought his changeup was his best pitch. We didn't even really talk about the changeup. So that, that duo right there, Cade Keeler and Ty Cummings together, that is nightmare for a regional. That is in, in a small, like anytime you're going to have to win a couple of games in a short amount of time, if you can space those guys out, that's a nightmare for any offense. I think you hit the nail on the head when you made the comment that you felt like every at bat, you had to cash in. And I feel like we started pressing like we did against McNeese. We felt like every at bat had to count. I agree. 100%. And, yeah. And, and so you try too hard. Right. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I wasn't, I thought we had a better chance of winning Friday night than Saturday because the guy throws fastballs, but man, that secondary pitch, like you said, we struggled against. He's so, and, and when you're touching 96, I mean, I don't care if you're a fastball hitting player, 96 is hard to catch up to. Oh, so, dude. and that, that I think it was like a circle change or a change up. It was 83. Yeah. It was an 11, you know, consistently an 11 mile per hour difference, but it would dance. So when you got hard and fast and then you see 83 with movement, I don't care who you are and how good of a hitter you are. That is hard to deal with. And we banged everything into the ground. And the other thing that helped him out was that the umpire was calling it high strike. They did it on yeah. Friday and Saturday. So, you know, you have an expanded zone. The guy's touching 96, for, well, sat 96, and then the changeup, and then he complimented it with the curveball. Dude, he was absurd. Yeah, everything lined up for him to have success, and he's a damn good pitcher. I mean, the, Dan was talking on the on the uh, the broadcast that he's projected first round. Uh, so he he was as advertised and more, and, and like you said, he is going to give someone fits in a regional this year. Yeah, they, that that duo was unbelievable. Shout out to Mason Zambo, who went three for four against those two guys. And I mean, look, he 
Zambo is one of our most patient hitters. I love watching his at-bats. Everybody's up there trying to hack. He goes up, chokes up a bit, and just slaps it to right field. I think he did it three times. I think all of his hits were to right field in the gap, or in the uh, right between second and first. I mean, just patiently sat back, waited, 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 waited on the changeup, slapped it. I was just so impressed with Mason Zambo this, this weekend, but in particular on Friday. And then, of course, Heath Hood had a hit. Yeah, I know. We should just get a stamp. It's every game. So Heath Hood, uh, Rock had a big knock early in that game to get us on the board with a double in that uh, right field corner. I thought that that was so important uh, because if you guys remember, the, the top of the first inning, uh, Campbell only got the one run, but we really got out of a jam. So to, to be able to tie the game at the bottom of the inning, I thought it was rejuvenating for the team. I thought that that was a big knot for Rock. And, you know, you got to lean on your, your stars against a guy like Keeler. So I thought that that was big for him. Uh, Lee Amade, like we said, big at bats this weekend. None bigger than the one that he had. He did end up with a hit, but that, that hit late in the game, that situational hitting right there where you just got to be big, boom, he was. Uh, I, I thought... I don't know. He was he impressed me a lot at the plate this weekend. We again we left eight on base. Felt like less than that. It felt like we cashed in on our few opportunities, except for in the fourth inning where you know I, that should have been a crooked number that we hang. They get out of it with one, and that's what happens when you have good pitching. You can you can, you can get out of jams. Uh, I thought Jake Hammond. We didn't talk about Jake very much. I thought Jake Hammond battled his ass off. Um, he went five and two thirds, and he did end up giving up the three runs, nine hits. Nine hits, three runs, you know, what do you say? You scattered the nine hits. Um, he did have six strikeouts. He had all of his strikeouts early when he needed them, though. Uh, I, was, I was impressed with Jake's fight. David Christie came in, gave up a hit and a run in two-thirds uh, two, uh, of an inning, and then Dylan Toy came in and threw some good pitches. He got out of a little bit of a jam. I know he gave up the run. Unearned on the, on the boot. And then Cooper Rawls came in and really pitched well, I thought. Uh, gave us an opportunity to get back in the game late. But, you know. They got the two in the seventh, and uh, we never really recovered from that. And again, I think I think the two in the seventh and the 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 errors in that game are just a testament to Campbell came out from the get go, putting pressure, and we saw that they you know they were they were hitting runs, they were stealing, they were not scared, they were challenging Julian, they were challenging our defense, and I feel like the pressure that they kept putting on us. Now look, inning five six didn't score any runs but you always felt like they were going there's yes. they're at the brink of doing something and you're kind of holding your breath and i think that was part of the the defensive issues that we had this weekend is we were trying so hard to stop them and because they continually put pressure and and pretty soon that gets in your head a little bit and i think that's what happened because it was a 3-2 ball game i mean we were in it we were we were you know, I was just thinking, look, let's get to the ninth and score a couple runs and, and walk out of here. But then they break your heart because they continue putting pressure and we fold it. And, and so, again, it's a trend. Late games defensively, we tend to struggle. We got to clean that up before we start in conference play. I'm on record, so this is not news. Julian Brock is my favorite player, so I got to be honest. I was shocked that, you know, he was in the middle of those two errors. It's three to two. There's two outs. We make the two errors on that ridiculous play uh I, I you know there's been a couple of times where julian has not looked so solid back there early this year and i'm wondering i don't, I don't know I, i'm i'm shocked by some of the things that i've been seeing now look his arm is what it is he's still throwing people out he's still a weapon on defense i'm not saying he's not i just thought that that was some he misplayed a ball on the bounce the one that got by him was it was it 
Toit that was in at the time. He I don't remember. In, I was screaming at the TV at that point. <laughs> yeah, he throws it into outfield, and then the, the throw back to Julian, he, I mean, the guy's dead to, to rights, and he misses the ball. So, I don't know. I, uncharacteristic. We used the word earlier. I, I, but again, when they're putting pressure on you, you're just trying to make something happen. Right. And, and I feel like that was the point in the game where we, we let it get to us. I agree. So. I agree. And then, look, credit to the offense. They never back down. They never stop fighting. We put two on. We bring the tie and run to the plate in the, uh, in the bottom of the ninth. I think it was CJ who was our final out. But we, you fought the whole time. You fought, you fought, you fought. And that's, that's my lasting impression of Friday night is that, okay, Campbell is damn good, number one. And then my lasting impression of us is this team is, it's, this team is good. Campbell's great. We're good. We, we are improving. And you got to remember that Campbell's got a bunch of veterans they got back. They know their team. Their core is there. It's been there for a long time. They got a lot of older guys on their team. They have a lot of chemistry and cohesion. We are building that right now. I think the fact that we can compete with a team like this on a Friday night like that, it, it bodes well. Now, look, I never want to lose, especially at home. I, you got to protect home, home field. But at the same time, again, I can't overstate how good Campbell is. So I walk away from the game upset but encouraged to a certain degree. And I couldn't wait until Saturday for game two. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Real quickly, want to encourage anybody that's in the space, please request to speak. If you are on the uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch channel, uh, feel free to share your thoughts in the chat. So game two rolls around. I'm geeked. Uh, I was happy to see Tommy Ray get the start. I thought that he earned it. And I got to see more out of Tommy. He's got the stuff, and now all he's got to do is compete. He's got to go out and just put it all together. And I thought that, uh, especially early on, I mean, he was rolling. He looked crisp. He was hitting the spots. Again, the zone was a little bit expanded. So if you know Tommy at all, you watch him pitch, he tends to elevate his fastball, which is kind of the reason why he gets himself in trouble. But he was getting that strike call early on, and he was getting ahead of hitters, which is, I mean, he has got to get ahead of people. So he did that well early uh, and then, of course, it got away from him a little bit. Uh, I think that was the second or third inning. Yeah, so they gave up. He gave up the two. And no, no, excuse me. It was the fifth and sixth inning when it got away. That was us. We scored early. But I felt like we were in control of the game. And then, of course, Campbell comes back in the third. And they get the three. And then Tommy goes out. They bring in Fluno. And then they went to Etheridge. And I leaned over to Jerry and I said, Etheridge is a contact pitcher. He's a guy that you want. He's looking for barrels, and he wants to put the ball on the ground. I thought that that was a very interesting decision at that point in the game. Did you think anything of that? I didn't at the time. Now that you're bringing it up, I'm got I'm kind of hearing what you're what you're saying. But uh, but yeah, man, it was it was the epitome of Campbell baseball <laughs> yet again. I mean, we're gonna say it. We're gonna say it over and over for all three games. They continued. To put pressure on us, they continued to be like Nicky in Casino. You threw something at him, he came back with something bigger, and they did that till the last out of the game today. So, look, Tommy, Tommy did a good job until he got, like you said, until a little bit of trouble. Pearson, Pearson hit that rocket to left Man. field, and it was almost like it deflated him a little bit. But I didn't know that, I didn't realize this, but he threw almost eighty pitches, so he had elevated pitch count in the third inning. Well, we're going into the fourth inning, so you know that probably played into uh, the decision to pull him. I'm not going to be down on Tommy for that. Uh, again, I think he battled. That's a great offense. I, 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 wanna, I don't want to see him lose his job. I want to see him again on, on Saturday. 
I thought he was fine. It's a good offense. And he really, that one mistake changed his entire start. That, that, ball, that he hit the absolute daylights out of that ball. Uh, and then Carson Fluno was okay. Etheridge got rocked. Then when they brought in Ben Tate, I was pleasantly surprised with his performance. Uh, two and a third, gave up a hit. He did walk a guy through 32 pitches. I mean, look, that's about as good as you're going to be against a team like that. And if Ben Tate can be that out of the pin, that's a huge development for this team. Taylor Parrott came in, and uh, I wasn't too familiar with him at all. Uh, he was okay, pitched an inning, gave up a hit, a run, an earned run, did walk a guy, which we got to stop walking people. And then that was the other thing about Tommy that I was going to say. Four walks, that, that right there is going to kill you every time. And if I remember correctly, the home run was after a two-out walk, maybe a one-out walk, and then Pearson hit the bomb. So just, again, based on balls, we got to stop walking people. Too many free passes. How many times have we said that here, Nick? You know what? We had another eight walks. Oh, no, seven walks on Saturday. I'm, I'll be interested to see when they update the NCAA stats this, this week where we rank in walks because we continue to issue free bases. Yeah. Yeah, error-free baseball, though, on Saturday, so that's, a, that's encouraging. Uh, I tell you what, offense competed well against Tequila, and we at length talked about Tequila on the, uh, on the preview. He was good, and his, he did throw four-plus pitches, I thought we handled the changeup very well. It was almost like we learned something from Friday. Uh, came back and, and really gave him all he wanted. He threw 80 pitches. He threw five full. Uh, gave up four runs and three earned runs. Uh, only We only struck out twice against him. That was the most encouraging stat from Saturday from, uh, from our offense. What did you think? What did you see out of the offense on Saturday? I mean, Hood, Zambo, uh, you know. Uh, Zambo continues to impress. Heath Hood is Heath Hood. So, so I guess we're a little spoiled. Maybe I'm not as impressed because I expected from ETH. But, man, Zambo is is really turning out to be a hell of a hitter for us. Yeah, we, we competed at the plate. I think we were a little more disciplined. And, again, we were in the position to tie or, or go ahead in the ninth, and we, and we didn't pull it off. But uh, the guy, every single – look, I'm not going to say – I don't know that we have holes in our lineup either, but we're just not as consistent – as when you look at a Campbell team because they don't have any holes, but they're consistently all performing and, and, and getting base hits and being smart at the plate and making smart decisions. I think we have a little way to go ways to go there this season because we've got the talent. We've got guys who are obviously uh, buying into Deggs's system and the Wolfpack mentality, but we have to be consistent. And I think that's the one thing that we're missing a little bit, both in pitching and in hitting. But but hitting not as much, but I still think we need to have a little bit more consistency there. And by the way, I absolutely hate, I get we're going to take pitches, and I get we're going to get a sign that says take the next pitch, but when a guy's sitting up there with his bat literally on his shoulder, and before the pitch even gets to the the, the catcher, he's backing out of the out of the box, that drives me nuts, man. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking that about. That drives me nuts. Why do we do that? Kids, man, they're cool. They got to be cool up there, you know? That's, that's what I think. I think that it's drives like a, me nuts. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I don't like it either. Uh, to your point about the Campbell lineup, not a single starter didn't have at least one hit. And look, Tommy Ray's a good pitcher. Carson Fluno is a good pitcher. We have Ben Tate is a good pitcher. They weren't swinging at guys just offering up meatballs up there. They went out and earned it, you know. And our offense, uh, I thought we saw a lot, many, many things to be encouraged about. Again, uh, Zambo, another three hits on Saturday. 
a two RBI for him. Julian Brock hit two doubles, two missiles. Uh, so it's good to see him swinging the bat. It's just like almost sometimes he sees the ball well. It's like game by game with him. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just I loved his at bats on Saturday. Uh, Kyle Debo had uh, unfortunately didn't get rewarded for the good at bats that he had, but he had several good at bats. Ended up with a hit and a run scored. Uh, also, Lee early in the game where we came out to set the tone, Lee Amade and Luke Yuhas, one of our favorites, young guy we don't really talk too much about as a uh, as you know Cajun baseball orbit, but two guys that we like here on Rage and Review, both got two big RBI knocks in that second inning, which was great. I mean, right back up the box, right the way you're supposed to do it. So shout out to them, good at bats, good to see young guys getting up there and not being scared of the moment, getting to the dish and and making hay. That's what you need to see. So good, good on them. Heath Hood, another three hits. Like you said, I mean, we're spoiled. That guy, oh, just ridiculous. But uh, so other guys got some at-bats. Peyton Lejeune got the start on Saturday. Probably not what he wanted at the dish. I think he struck out. Uh, no, he didn't strike out. It was Sunday, I think, when he struck out a couple times. But no hits. Not, not much. Didn't do much. So anyway, I like to see a lot of guys get opportunities. And you saw that on Sunday. And we'll talk about the Sunday game here in a minute. But uh, Peyton Lejeune getting some at-bats. Luke Uhas. Uh Lee Amade was in the, the lineup a lot. Ben Robichaud pinch ran. But he's been included in the game pretty often. And I don't think we, he was a name that we talked about at all in the fall. So it's good to see guys that they trust early. I think that they're just, I think the coaching staff is saying, who can play? Who's going to show up and produce for this baseball team? And, and not only that, but I know for a fact, they are really, really high on the new players this season and the young oh, yeah. guys. Oh yeah. So every every game that 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 our old trusty vets are in, they're looking behind their shoulder and you know, that's when we're we're talking about these the, these late defensive moments that we seem to have. That's going to come back and bite them if they don't step up because there's always a guy right behind them waiting to step up and we know Deggs and he's not scared to put him in there. So so Every player on this team's got to compete day in, day out, play by play by play, um, or else they'll they'll get replaced. So that was basically the story. And again, once again, in the ninth, we made the push, and it just came up short. We we had the bases loaded with nobody out or with one out. Bases loaded with one out, and we, you know it didn't didn't happen, didn't come to fruition. But once again, you're in the ninth. Your guys are still battling. That guy, Aaron Run, that's the the reliever that went four innings that I was talking about earlier. Six strikeouts in. Uh, four innings he gave up four hits and two earned runs he did walk three guys and that was part of the reason why the ninth kind of started to get interesting but he was good and, and I said they had five guys that could pitch anywhere he's one of them Aaron run I was very impressed with his ability to bounce back after he got himself in trouble so ended up losing eight to six another battle heavyweight fight back and forth Cajun scored two in the second one in the third Campbell scores three in the third Campbell comes back, scores one in the fifth. Cajun score one in the fifth. Campbell scores three in the sixth. Cajun score one in the seventh. Campbell scores one in the ninth. Cajun score one in the ninth. So it was just back and forth the entire game. Um, and it, as a fan, it makes for a good watching experience. A lot of excitement in the game. It was so hot on Saturday. Nick, it was stagnant. It was We were in the sun. The beer was flowing because I was hot. Nursing a little hangover uh, because of it. <laughs> But uh, no, a lot of fun at the ballpark. Campbell's really good, and we fought. So, so far, that's the story of the, the series. And then we'll move on to game three. Anybody in the space that want to say anything, please request to speak. We'll get you in. Again, if you guys are on the chat, love to hear your thoughts. We go into game 
three, obviously we've lost the series. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. You think, you know, do the guys kind of have a letdown because they're disappointed with the performances from Friday and Saturday? As a younger team, and I'm, I don't think we're necessarily a young team, but we have a lot of guys that are younger that are getting playing time. So how do they respond? What is their mental state? Are they going to come out and fight? Are they just going to chalk it up as a lost series? You know, who knows? You never know with these teams. To their credit, they came out on Sunday and absolutely blew the doors off of Campbell in the first inning. Now, we talked about this in the preview, and your boy here said, I need to see Max Marshak at the top of the lineup. Because what, Nick? Last year, any time that this team did anything fun offensively, Max Marshak was right in the thick of things. And if you don't mind, let's scroll down to his line real quick. I think he had some of everything. So Max, he led off for the team today. Three at-bats, three runs, two hits, four RBI. Obviously, he hit the big mammoth grand slam in the first home, in the first uh, inning. Two base on balls. He had a stolen base. He scored a run. So anyway, he was just in the thick of everything, which is, that is Max Marshak's game. I like Debo at the top. I'm not saying that he's not capable or anything. I just really think that Max Marshak is, he's, he's your prototypical leadoff guy. Maybe he's not going to hit you 500, but he's going to get on base. Uh, and they, they did that today. Today, he got the big lick, which I'm very happy for him. I know he was struggling at the plate a little bit. So I'm thrilled that he got the big hit. Um, and we, you know, an eight spot in the first inning, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty good about that. But then, you know, I was pumped for a little bit, and then I started remembering Rice and how we got up to the five-nothing lead and kept saying to myself, Good old CDS creeping in. CDS creeping in. And by the way, you knew <laughs> Camel wasn't going to go down without a fight, right? And they they prove to to not go down without a fight. And and I'm scrolling back up because in the fifth inning, to me, that was the deciding factor in this game. Because if we don't come back and answer with two runs there. The U-Haws blast? Yes. You had to get that right there. Because you had you, to. You felt the momentum starting to shift. And then and then did I, I I got to go back and look at the clip and he just absolutely that's a piss missile. <laughs> that was a rocket. <laughs> And good for him. That guy's got more power than he knows what to do with. But I agree 100%. You had to get something there. And yeah, look, they had the, they, they got the two. You're moving. They got five and the six. So think about it. If you don't get the blast there, uh, eight, what are you seven. talking? Eight, seven there. And then at that point, you're thinking, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, because we did it against Rice, right? That That's exactly how we got into that position against Rice. But, but Brennan Bro on the Friday Night Broadcast said something about the fifth inning being I don't remember, and, and if we get him on here in the next couple of weeks, we I want to ask him what he said about the fifth inning because he said something about it being a momentum shift or he said something about being very, very important because that's the point in the game where you kind of, the momentum either is going to continue going your way or it's going to continue going their way or you're going to shift it. And this was, to me, it it just, it it rang true to me because again, if you don't get, if you don't respond in the bottom of the fifth, then you're staring at an 8-7 game in the sixth. And I'm telling you, they got a whole lot more momentum at that point, obviously, uh, if if you don't score those two runs. But then we answered again in the sixth, which which was good to see and what we needed to do. We needed to say, and we didn't answer by by scoring five, but we got three and we started putting some doubt in their head. And I think we didn't allow them to put doubt in our head. We put doubt in their head. And I think that's what really led to uh, the the win today is because we responded and we responded big and we just said screw you we're not gonna let you take this one from us and and so things worked out in our in our favor I agree I think you know we've said it for years good teams respond 
And you can look Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And look, we lost the series and it ended up not being enough. But the Cajuns and Campbell continuously responded to the other's offensive attack. And you can go right to the fifth and the sixth inning. It's a, it's a perfect explanation and example of what we're talking about. Juhas gets the blast to answer after they put two on. They come back in the top of the sixth and get a five spot. And I was with you. Like I'm like, oh, God, there's no way we're going to blow this. And then and we come back with a three. Look, you can't overstate how important that is. I, you know, what do they talk about? How the way that you own the momentum is you score and then blank them in the bottom or the top. Well, again, this entire series, it was answer, answer, answer. Constantly going back and forth. By the way, last thought on Max. Max didn't play Saturday. I thought he was hurt. And then I heard Degg say on the preview this before the game today, he said that they had a little hiccup right before the game Sunday. Do you have any idea what he's talking about? No clue. Injury or some kind of? No idea. Yeah, I don't either. But anyway, let's talk about pitching first before we do before we do uh, offensive stats. I thought Jackson Nizu started out um, like a barn on fire. He, he mowed through their lineup twice, which not a lot of people are going to do that. Um, I was impressed by his stuff. He didn't, he didn't look like he was too timid for the moment. Um, I think it was top that made a good conversation. He made a good comment about, you know, pitching with a lead. Everybody thinks, you know, pitching with a lead is what you want to do. And of course you want to have the lead, but it's a different psyche for a pitcher. You have to go in and you've got to know that, look, I have to, I am the one that is going to kind of be the catalyst for this win now. You know, I have to keep the things on the rails, but at the same time, you have to attack hitters because what's the last thing you want to do is you want to walk people with a, with a lead. That's you give free base base runners uh, to a, an offense like Campbell, and they're going to make you pay. So I know that Nizu was probably working through some things there, but I give him credit. He went five, and he ended up giving up six runs. But you know, David Christie came in there and was ineffective in two and uh, two thirds of an inning. You know, it's still his. It's still Jackson's responsibility, and I understand how the rules of baseball work and everything, but. His line is kind of not what he deserved, I, I think. I thought he was really good in, in some moments. He did have seven Ks. Uh, he threw 76 pitches. Uh, how many walks? Zero walks. Exactly. That, that's a right number there. that's going to stand up to me. You go Sunday, you got to swing the bat to win. We all know that. If you're going to swing the bat, I'm not going to walk anybody. That's a relationship I'm interested in. No, so I'm with you. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's what stood out to me is, is – no walks, seven strikeouts. I mean, and and seven strikeouts on a damn good hitting team. And like you said, Christy, he was responsible for the for the runners on base. So I mean, it's his it's his runs to give. But but still, um, I I was encouraged based off of what we've seen so far this season. I was encouraged. I was impressed with Jackson's effort. I know he got a tough look. I mean, that's a bad line when you look at it. But really, it really wasn't that bad if you watch the game. My boy Brendan Moody comes in, absolutely slams the door with a K, no walks, uh, no hits given up in an inning in the third. He did have a hit by pitch, so that is a free base runner. I know, shame on you for that. But Blake Marshall came in two innings, two walks, started to get a little nervous, but he didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run. He still looks fantastic. Brendan Moody, I think, will probably end up being in the rotation before it's all said and done. He's just too good. He just has too many options in the toolbox. We're going to have to use him. So, I don't know. I do like him out of the pin, though. I understand why Seth wants to use him out of the pin. One way or another, we know Brendan Moody is going to be a factor in the uh, in the pitching staff this year. Uh, what did you think of the relievers? Yeah, I think we're starting to see some guys emerge. 
Um, it, there were a lot, so many unknowns going into the season, so it was really hard to understand what our bullpen will look like. But I'm with you. I think we have a spot for Booty. Um, Blake Marshall is Blake Marshall. Would still like to see him cut down on the walks. But, uh, you know, all in all, I think we're still starting to see the bullpen take shape and see where we have guys who can really contribute and what their role will be. So I think we've got a couple more weeks of that. And um, yeah, I think it'll work out nicely once we get those pieces into uh, into place. I think we're starting to see who is going to be the contributors. Uh, it's rounding out and uh, they're getting better. That's the other thing I was going to say. It feels like everybody's getting better. You know, you want to see David Christie be more effective. I think David Christie's a good pitcher, but I got to see some results like at this point, just having good stuff is not good enough. This team is too good. We got to find guys that can contribute. I think David Christie has all the pieces. He's got the size. He he he's not scared. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, we got to get some results out of David Christie. There are a few others that I would probably have a sit down talking to on Monday or Tuesday when they meet. Guys, got to throw strikes. We got to throw strikes here. And I know it's one of those you know drunk fans in the stands throw strikes. It's not like that. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to stop giving the free passes. But um, I think, but I think I'm going to be a little more forgiving this weekend. Just, I mean, no, I I hate it, okay. But I think I'm going to be a little more forgiving because they're such a damn good hitting ball club. It's true that that you're gonna you're gonna try to you know nip those corners and whether or not the the umpire is going to give it to you or not. That's one thing. So I'm willing to kind of look past that this weekend. But because I don't know that we're going to see another team that hits as well as they do until we play southeastern i think southeastern is is a very much like campbell as far as being aggressive on the base paths and can hit the can hit the ball so uh yeah i i think i'll, I'll be a little more forgiving this weekend but not next weekend <laughs> i gotta be honest with you nick i outside of that school across the basin i don't think we're gonna see a team better than this this season they were they were that good i'm serious yep. I'm, I'm very impressed uh, on the other side, we got into their bullpen early. Ernie Day gave up eight runs uh, in two-thirds of an inning, gave up five hits, four earned, two walks. I, I just wanted to chase the guy. I didn't think we were going to do it in the first inning. Great to see. It's been a long time since we put up eight runs in an inning. I think I think it was two years ago. Uh, but, it, you know, of course, you always want to just jump out, out of the gates and put a team back on their heels. That's what we used to do all the time around here. But then they brought in this uh, Cade Boxrucker. Which they have some great names. Ernie Day, Cade Boxrucker. This is good stuff. He he was actually pretty effective. He pitched four in the third, gave up two hits, two runs, two earned. He did walk a guy uh through sixty-seven pitches, but kind of kept him in the game for a stint. You know what I mean? I, I I thought he was okay. He had decent stuff. And then I think that was just the back end of their bullpen that we uh I know we we saw Cameron O'Brien twice this weekend. So, you know, it is what it is. When you, you play the game a little bit differently when you have a ten run lead or an eight run lead. So you know I understand why things change a little bit, but we continued to chip away. We continued to try to get that one, that two here and there to kind of extend the game for us and make sure that we were going to keep the lead that we built. I was impressed by that. I thought the offense was the story of the game. Obviously, we scored two touchdowns. So how can it be anything else? Uh, before we touch the offense and wrap up game three, Mr. Gary, have you figured out the uh, boomer phone? What's up, guys? How hey, y'all doing? It works. Oh, What's man. up, bud? Well, sorry I can't make it today. I had some other obligations I had to tend to, but I figured I'd pop in and say hi. Um, we salvaged the weekend. We salvaged the week today in a very big-time fashion, so I was very pleased with that. Um, and I'm hoping that can carry some momentum going into Wednesday night. I think we can – if we start the game early against McNeese and don't show up in the seventh inning, I think we can uh, take care of business at home. And then, you know, then from there, hopefully um, – 
you know, high points, not a bad team, but they're not Campbell. So uh, this is kind of one of those weeks where we have a shot to really regroup, if you will, and just kind of continue on from what we did today. But I, I tell you this, you know, yes, we went one and three over the weekend, but I was very pleased with the fight in this team. Um, you know, Friday, actually all three days, all three days it came to the final out uh, with those losses. So one thing about a Dags team and one thing about this team is they will not quit till the final out. Um, but uh, I heard some, I heard some of the analysis. I think pitching. I, I was kind of wondering, like, what do you guys think about the pitching as far as the consistency? How much longer do you think it will take to find each pitcher kind of knowing his role and, and showing that consistency? Because that's one thing I'm a little concerned about before we get into conference play. Um, because bats can't always bail you out, right? You, you can't always hit the ball to bail you out. You need, you need solid pitching. I think that. Um... Well, first of all, you know, I've told you this many times before the season started, pitching is a concern because, first of all, when you don't know what your role is, that's one thing. Okay, so we're finding roles for pitchers right now. Who knew that Blake Marshall was going to come in and look like, uh, you know, Hogan Harris from 2017? He looks awesome. <laughs> Who knew that Brendan Moody was going to be this effective? I knew he had good stuff, but it's it's totally different when the lights come on, right? So you got to see who can pitch. Uh, but there are other guys that are still figuring out how they're going to contribute on this staff. But I will say, Friday, I thought Friday, the story was the pitching. I thought pitching Friday uh, kept us in the game, number one. But, I mean, Jake really battled his ass off, man. It, you can't put a price on that. I know he gave up the nine hits, but he he got outs big in big moments when he needed them. The bullpen came in and solidified it for the most part. Again, we lost the game be, not because of, but in large part to that, that two-error play where they scored their two runs late in that game. So... The pitching for me on Saturday was the story. I thought it was great. I was great to see that in a big game, the way that they stepped up. Saturday, you played a damn good offense. You can't keep them down, all right? I just thought that they really – Campbell came out, and they just put pressure on our pitchers all game long, even though we battled and it was back and forth. You know, the game was nip and tuck the entire time. I still think that Tommy Ray is going to be effective in some capacity or another. I think he got himself in trouble later in that game in the third inning, whatever. I think he just got himself in trouble, couldn't bail himself out, you know, and you can't walk people. So, like like Nick and I were talking about, it's getting better. It's not getting worse. That is a big, big thing. You got to – how are we projecting? We're projecting in the right direction. And then on Sunday, well, and then on Sunday, I think I think Nizzi's probably going to keep the job. I don't know. Um, but I thought he was effective today, and I know he got a tough line, but he was effective today. Well, that's why I think I think this high point series this weekend is very important because I, I don't expect them to be any type of juggernaut coming to the team. Now, granted, I'm not. I don't want to count all the chickens count all the chickens before they hatch or the eggs before they hatch. But at the same time, uh, I don't. I think this is a you know the Magnus game on Wednesday comes at a good time because you get another try at them and you kind of you keep your feet wet for the midweek. But then you go into a series against a high point team where I think the team can kind of build or should I say the pitching can kind of build some confidence. Uh, I don't expect high points to be anywhere near uh, the hitting power that Campbell was. I mean, Campbell's probably one of the best hitting teams I've seen in two or three years that we have faced. Um, and so I would think that this would be a great opportunity next weekend for the pitching staff to build some confidence and, and, and pitch some really good outings. Uh, by the way, I did want to say, you know, we're, we're <laughs> I, I know y'all probably touched base on this about the stats on the school board. Uh, I do have one question. How can you go on your phone and check your phone for stats if on Friday night the Raging Cajun website uh, was down? Where do you go? I don't know. Ask the play-by-play guy. <laughs> I mean, because I, you know, it's funny. I, I, um, 
I, I tried looking on the site. I believe it was sometime during the game to get some to get some batting averages, and it, there was an error on the RagingCajun.com website. So there was nowhere else to go unless you went to Campbell's site. But the problem is that they reroute you to the Raging Cajun website whenever you want to do the live stats. So uh, there was no access to actually get live stats Friday night when people were questioning why there's no stats on the scoreboard. So um, my opinion on that, I'm kind of like Nick, man. I really don't, I guess, I guess we, we paid all this money for a new scoreboard. It would be nice to actually get some fan experience and get that. I kind of understand why the team may not want to do it, you know, with the Wolfpack mentality and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, as a fan, I would kind of like to see on the scoreboard what our players' batting average is, and I would hope that wouldn't be a distraction to our players. I highly doubt they're going to be looking at the scoreboard when they're when they're trying to get a base hit or they're at bat. So um, the scoreboard yeah, is for the funny. fans. It's for the fans. I thought it was pretty it, funny though. I thought it was pretty funny whenever uh, we were, you know, people, a bunch of people were saying, "Well, you can always go check on your phone." Well, you can't really check on your phone when the website's down. So. I thought that was interesting. But, but you can anyway, get Dippin' Dots before the middle of the seventh. Not <laughs> after. Let's just all remember this for future reference. Somebody brought that up today. And make sure you do cookies and cream before the end of like the second or third inning because apparently they run out fast. You learn something new every day. Um, Raging Page <laughs> delivers, man. I, the, the entertainment. If you're not on it, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. It's just great. Look, when I saw the Dippin' Dots thread, I'm just like, just when you thought you couldn't you, you, you couldn't find any other reason to, to show concern as a fan, they, they bring up Dippin' Dots. And when I read the title, I just... It's Before like, I, clicked I clicked on, on it, on I laughed. <laughs> like, should I click on this or not? And then when I clicked on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is why. Say what you want about Rage and Pageant, but this is why I love Rage and Pageant because, and, and it's funny because like today, fans were talking about it. You know, there, there were some kids sitting a few rows below us, and um, they, they were like. You know, make sure you go get your dipping dots before the seventh inning. And I told them, hey, but get your cookies and cream before the end of the second or third because they may not have cookies and cream. But anyway, guys, uh, I, by the way, I brought Allie to the game today. Uh, Kayla and Allie came to tag along, and uh, she's 3-0 and at the peak. So um, whenever um, Shock hit that grand slam, uh, the people in front of us turned around. They're like, yeah, you're bringing her to every game from now on. So I, I, I shall do my best because apparently she's our good luck charm. But Whatever it anyway, takes. guys. I will talk to you guys later. All right, dude. Be good. The third leg of this stool checking in via the Twitter space. And by the way, if anybody else wants to speak, please request. We'll get you on. We love your comments. Speaking of that grand slam, hell of a way to start the ball game. The offense looked like the offense that, you know, we want to see, obviously. Shock had two hits. Rock had two hits. Hood had two hits. Uh, Julian and... Didn't get he didn't he only had two official at bats I think he walked a couple times or maybe got a hit uh, yeah he got hit that's what it was uh, but Lee Amade with another hit Debo with a hit yeah. by the way shout out to John Taylor oh yeah JT man he had one that that carried today I thought that was out yeah same he had a very track. nice day at the dish it was probably his best performance as a Cajun offensively so would love to see JT get going he's got some power and he can he can slap it around the yard. Luke Uhas, we talked at the top of the show, hit that blast to uh, to left center, and uh, we needed it. And he got a, he had two hits today. He was good. I am very excited about that guy as a player, true freshman. But yeah, offense was good, man. They did everything you would want them to do. Obviously, made that pitcher pay for the walks, and uh, I think they booted a ball at shortstop that kind of helped that inning along. And then Max with the big the big knock right there. Eight eight zero is hard to come back from. If there was a team that could do it, it would be Campbell. Uh, Pearson, it was Pearson. The, 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 there were hitters that I remember just because every time they come up to the plate, it seemed like they would 
hit the, the, the cover off the baseball. It was Pearson. It was their leadoff guy. Uh, Drew Winters. Logan Jordan was another one. Harold had a big knock today. I think he hit a home run today, actually. Uh, Bryce Arnold. Dude, honestly, their entire offense is just so good. And I know I've said it a million times. But everything they hit is hard. Everything that they do offensively is terrifying. They did make it a game. But in the end, the Cajuns were able to just continue consistently putting together good innings offensively. And we got into their bullpen and it was over. So you want to win on getaway day. I hate losing Sundays. And we do that too often the last two years. But I'm glad to get a, get a win on getaway day. Makes you feel good going into the next week. Uh, overall, Nick, what did you think about today? Yeah, um, encouraging. I think is the word that that I had. Um, again, there's not one game this season that we have not shown fight, and I think that helped us out today because how easy would it have been for you to start getting discouraged when they score five um, and, and and get within you know three or four runs? So um, no, all in all, encouraging. And again, we're seeing we're seeing our team get better as the season goes on. I think this time last year we were a little concerned getting close to conference play because we still didn't know who was what, who had what role, who was going to be a leader, who was going to step up. I don't think we have those questions this year. I think we know who our leaders are on the team. I think we know uh, outside of some pitching, I think everybody knows their role on the team. So uh, again, encouraging that, that we have seen consistently our team fight till the very last out. And we saw that again today. And uh, I uh, I look forward to uh, to maybe again not to say that High Point's not a good team. I mean, we could drop a game to, or two to them. Who knows? Weirder things have happened. But I I feel like maybe taking a little step back in the in the schedule until we get into conference play is going to be nothing but help for us. Um. So uh, yeah, encouraged. That that's the word that I have. Teams are going to take the the attitude and the image of their coach. I think this team, more than the previous few, have that. A lot of it, they fight. And he's got to be thrilled about that. I know he was upset Saturday. I listened to the, the post game, and he was just not happy. Uh, but that's good. That, that, me, that lets me know our standards are in perfect hands. They, these guys, they're not going to be sitting in the, in the clubhouse still going, well, you know, we fought hard. No, that's, there's going to be some hard practicing going on. In the next week. So that'll wrap up the, the series. Occasions go one and three this week. Obviously not what we wanted, but there's still some things to take away that are positive. So we'll we'll do that. Uh let's kind of look around the league. By the you way, before what? you before you go to the league, let's okay. talk about our opponents from earlier in the season. Yep. Um so BYU went up and hosted Omaha, who is not very good. They won two out of three, got beat today 16 to four. Saw that. Ooh. Not great. And um, I had the other Rice baseball schedule up. Let's see. They 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 had a huge win earlier this weekend. They beat Texas Tech three they, to two. They played in the Shriners this weekend and yeah. they beat Texas Tech on Friday. Yeah, beat Texas Tech three to two, then lost 13-1 to Texas AM and then lost today to TCU. So not a great weekend for Rice. Uh, I think the score today was four seven four. Seven four. Okay, so competitive. How's TCU look this year? Have you have you no seven nothing? Excuse me, they got shut out. So not as not as great as I thought. Yeah, their offense is it's a work in progress. No, you know RPI wise, that Texas Tech win is good. Uh, there's been a couple of decent RPI wins that's going to help out, but we got to take care of our own business. Uh, but yeah, Rice is Rice is much better than they were last year. That's for sure. In the league, 
Uh, Georgia Southern, after losing on Friday to UCF, comes back and takes the series. They won Saturday and Sunday, won today 11-8. to um, Marshall played St. John's, and I only see scores for two of those games. Uh, Marshall won one, lost one. Uh, I'll try to see if I can get the other one. I don't, I don't know what happened. Maybe they play a doubleheader today. Uh, Coastal Carolina fell behind Davidson on Friday. It was six to nothing into like the seventh inning, and then all of a sudden they blew up for seven runs, ended up winning seven six, and they came back and took the series. They won today twelve to five. Uh, ODU played St. Joe's, St. Joseph's out of New Jersey. They won today thirteen to eleven. I think they lost Saturday. Uh, I don't know much about St. Joseph's. It's not St. Peter's. We'll make that joke to the ends of the earth. Uh, App State takes two or three uh, from Gardner Webb today. They got absolutely donkey punched 19 to six, but they did win the series. Uh, App State, I don't know what to expect out of them yet, Nick. They hired their new coach two years ago and they've been okay, but I just don't know if App State's baseball country, you know, this football, they're always going to be a football team to me, a football school. So, but we'll find out quick because they they host Campbell next weekend. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So we'll find out real quick. Yeah, that's right. Arkansas State ended up winning against Missouri State today, eight to seven, which is good. We need the Arkansas States of the world in this league to start winning games. Um, That's not southeastern Missouri State that everybody knows. Simo, who's consistently in the postseason. This is just Missouri State. Not very good. Uh, Troy sweeps UC uh, USC uh, Upstate from South Carolina. Now, I know we don't, it's not a household name or anything, but uh, USC Upstate is a good program. They play good baseball in the Carolinas. Troy swept them. Troy is undefeated, have not been beaten this year. Troy is, I think they're going to be good. I think they're formidable. Uh, Here's the shocker of the weekend for me. Southern Miss, after kind of a lackluster start to the season, sweeps Dallas Baptist. Won today 7-2, swept the series. Dallas Baptist is a good baseball club. I did not see that coming at all. Isn't Um, it Dallas Christian now, by the way? uh, Houston Christian, right? Houston Christian? Oh, I'm, I'm getting them confused. My bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. I think that's right. So DBU, DBU moved to a better conference, though. I know that. I don't remember where where they moved. Did, was it Kusa? No. It might have been. Right. It might have been Southland. No. Southland. I don't know. I know that might they be moved. making that up. No, they definitely moved. Just don't remember. Uh, of course, we went over Louisiana and Campbell. Uh, Incarnate Word beats Monroe today, twelve to four. But Monroe won the series. Monroe beats Mississippi State in a midweek game and dominates them, and then starts losing to these. Nobody teams. Now, Incarnate Word's a good team. Well, they're okay for their league. Uh, but 12-4, to 4, I mean, come on, guys. We're right here. Probably walked a bunch of people, but they can't pitch. Yeah, going back to uh, to DBU, I think the jury's still out on them because they they had two sweeps against Fordham and Austin P. Okay. Um, but then lost to TCU, and then um, they also beat UT Arlington. So I don't know that the their schedule is... It hasn't told us anything. It hasn't really told us much. Right? I guess so we're we'll going know. off a of history. With yeah, the, and those were, the look, they're th- really, I mean, the Friday night game with Southern Miss, they lost 4-3. Yep. The Saturday night game, it was 2-1. So, I don't know. Jury's still out. Competitive. 7-2 to today, but you know how t- Saturday, Sundays you got to swing the bat. Everybody knows that. Uh, Grand Canyon takes the series from Texas State. Now, it's at Grand Canyon. Good program. One of the best mid-majors in the country right now. Uh, Texas State, you felt like had an opportunity to win that series, so that's disappointing for the league. I don't know how good they are, man. They look like they're taking a pretty big step back so far. The the results have not been good for them. Uh, I forgot who they played last week, but they lost the series then. Look, Grand Canyon beat Tennessee this oh, season. Good. 
They beat Ohio State. I don't know how good Ohio State is, but they beat him twice. So, um, yeah, they're they're a good ball ball club. Yeah, GCU is good, man. So Texas State, not this pub on right now. Uh, we'll see. South Alabama, I think, had a three game set with Southern this weekend, which is weird. But uh, I don't know if they swept. I it was competitive every time I checked the score this weekend. It was competitive. They did win today, eight to three. South Alabama did. Um, and then I, I'll go back after we get through with this. Marshall loses to St. John's today, five to three, and that is another series that I only have two scores for. Let's see if I can go back and check it out. Again, they may be playing some uh, double headers today because of weather. So yeah, it was so South Alabama played an invitational. Um, oh right, the NTE. Right, so they lost to Pepperdine Friday, twelve five, and then they lost to Iowa, six two yesterday. Wow, so they went over on the week. So they went over two and in going into the Southern game. I'm trying to pull that up, but it's taking forever. Yikes! But Iowa. they were they were up six three on Southern last time I looked. Apparently, Iowa's pretty good though. They they did beat LSU. They have a couple of decent wins on their schedule. But yeah, South Alabama won eight three today. Yeah, so that's a trip around the league. Not too significant uh, for us yet. We're still finding out who some of these teams are. I'm shocked that South Alabama is having this, this beginning because they can pitch or they were billed as a good pitching team. I, I, I'm not sure what's uh, what's going on over there, but I just hope, I hope they don't get right when they come to, when they come to play us. Or I think we go there this year, actually. I, just, I don't, they seem like they always fix it when we come to town. So anyway, that is, uh, that's the show for you, everybody. Appreciate everybody coming and hanging out with us. Nick, you have any parting shots before we tell the people bye? No, man. Just, again, a reminder to our fans. Look, dipping Dots before seventh inning, be good to go. For seventh inning, stretch. They might still do it at the top, but don't take a chance. Go in the sixth. And they used to let you still buy beer after the seventh in the suite. They stopped doing that this year. I sent Jerry, Jerry was sitting next to me on Friday. I was like, hey, Jerry, you want to do me a favor? <laughs> so he, he walked over there to get a beer, and they didn't. They wouldn't sell it to him. Well, they probably just wouldn't sell it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please tell your friends about us. We continue to grow at an uh, amazing clip, and it's all because of you all. We love doing this. It's all fun. This week coming up, we got McNeese at the Teague, and then we host High Point. Don't sleep on High Point. Just because it's high point doesn't mean they're not a good baseball team because they are, and they're coming here to fight, so we need to be ready. Again, Nick, thanks for doing it. Go Cajuns in the basketball game tonight. I really, really, really want to go to the dance. Let's make that happen. Other than that, we will be back for Track the Pack. I'm not sure if we'll do a preview or any or not, but we'll probably just do Track the Pack on Sunday. It's a busy week for all of us. And uh, the, the Rainbow Mermaids have grown up to be the Cajun Racers. So we play on Wednesday. We'll start giving some more uh, updates. We did win our first game, three to nothing. Absolute domination of possession. Anyway, all right, everybody, enjoy the games. Thanks for coming. We'll see you.